0: Let us pray. God of life, we gather in this season of resurrection, surrounded by despair and worry and even death. Still, the light of life streams through these windows, emanating from the pages of your word. Remind us that you and humans in other ages have overcome the darkness, convincing us again that so shall we, to the glory and praise of our Lord Jesus. Amen. Reading from God's Word, the Old Testament, the book of Psalms, in your order of worship it says verses 1 through 11. I'm going to uh, skip around a little bit in those uh, verses, so if, if you are following along in your Bible, you'll have to scramble to keep up. The psalmist says... Protect me, O God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord, I have no good apart from you. As for the holy ones in the land, they are the noble in whom is all my delight. The Lord is my chosen portion and my cup, you hold my lot. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places, I have a goodly heritage. I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. In the night also my heart instructs me. I keep the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. You, O God, show me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. In your right hand are pleasures forevermore. reading also from the Gospel according to John, the 20th chapter, verses 19 and 20, and then 24 through 29. When it was evening on that day, the day of resurrection, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But Thomas said to them, unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger In the mark of the nails, in my hand, in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, "'Peace be with you.' Then he said to Thomas, "'Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side.' Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thomas said, "'Unless I see, I will not believe.'" In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thomas teaches us an important lesson about faith. You might imagine that you would think I would say doubt, but actually it's about faith. Thomas is one of those names that has come to be associated with an action uh, on the part of somebody. It's kind of like when I say Kleenex, that's a brand name of facial tissues, isn't it? Some of us are old enough to remember when Xerox referred to a photocopy of a document. When I say that someone is a Judas, we know that they are a betrayer. And when I say Thomas, we think of someone who doubts. Yet, this disciple and this story validates for me, and I'm going to try to convince you, of the role of uncertainty in our faith lives the valuable role of doubt. So let's dig a little further into this important episode post-Easter. Thomas is not the most famous disciple of all. There are only three references to him in the Bible other than just being chosen by Jesus, and they're all in John's gospel record. In chapter 11, when Jesus says, okay, folks, uh, get ready, we're going to Jerusalem, uh, Thomas says, Okay, let's go with him. He's gonna die, and we're all gonna die too. That's what we're called to do. In Jerusalem, Jesus begins this process of teaching and teaching and teaching in the 14th chapter. Jesus shares how he is the way, the truth, and the life. And Thomas questioning again says, Lord, Lord, how can we know? How can we know the way? wasn't sure that he understood what Jesus was saying. And then here in the 20th chapter, he's referred to again with his doubting personality. Unless I see, I will not believe. You can make a pretty good argument based on those three experiences with Thomas in Scripture that Thomas was not the most positive of all of Jesus' followers, but rather was questioning, even skeptical. One of the questions that comes to my mind is, well, why wasn't Thomas with the disciples when Jesus first appeared? What led him away from the group where he would find the support he needed? Maybe it was simply his personality. He had to go off and find out things for himself. But Thomas was drawn back into the fellowship maybe because he was asking questions, and that was where he could find the answers. He was drawn back into the fellowship. In spite of their witness, he still did not believe. Unless I see, I will not believe. So, Jesus says, I'll fix your wagon. (laughs) He comes back. He comes to visit them again in the same way that he came the first time. And and I love Jesus' response to Thomas. Jesus probably could have been justified in shaking his finger at Thomas, or his hands, or whatever, and being angry with him, but he doesn't. He doesn't berate Thomas. And I think that's important. Rather, Jesus invites Thomas to do exactly what Thomas himself believed he most needed to do. Come and see and touch, says Jesus. For Thomas, seeing, sufficed, and his doubts were transformed. My Lord and my God, Thomas may not have been the most popular or most famous or most often uh, quoted disciple of Jesus, but he is believed to have had an incredibly influential ministry. Thomas traveled east, tradition has it, after uh, the resurrection and the ascension, when Jesus says, go out into all the world. So Thomas did, and he went east, and he went all the way, we believe, to India, and in India, he founded a Christian church. It's called the Mar-Thoma Church. And if you wonder about the impact that Thomas has had in his life as a missionary for Jesus, the mar Church is a very, very vital, active part of the Indian scene as far as religion goes. The extent of the reach of the mar Church... But there's a Martoma Church in Maxville, just west of Route 301, right here in Jacksonville. Thomas has had an impact in ministry all the way to us. Back to the story's purpose, as I see it. The purpose of this story is to place a stamp of approval on doubt an interesting way to think about it, right? To place a stamp of of approval on doubt. My take is that doubt is not necessarily an opposite of faith, which is kind of the way we regularly think about it, but rather an ally. Not just by definition, not automatically, but by using our doubt, doubt becomes an ally to, Of our faith. We can feel and can be made to feel guilty about faith questions that we might have, questions that either come out of or lead to doubt on our part. I would like to contend that doubt can lead, and I'm encouraging for you to let it lead, to vigorous thinking about your faith, questioning which then in my mind can also lead to a greater sense of conviction about our faith. I have seen, and this is not a scientific survey, to use one of my favorite words nowadays, it's anecdotal to be sure, but I have seen where people who have an unquestioning attitude about faith an acceptance of whatever comes uh, by way of those who are teachers Quite often, an unquestioning acceptance of faith leads to a weakness of faith and not necessarily a strength. Not all the time, but but sometimes. People who have an unquestioning faith have the attitude that everything is wonderful about life, until it's not. And then they struggle mightily. Because They haven't asked the questions. They haven't built a solid foundation on which to stand not only when things are wonderful, but when things are challenging. Faith certainty, in my experience, is strengthened because it is tested. So I recommend a questioning faith, a skeptical faith, a Thomas-like faith. Because one who doubts has a tendency to dig. And when we dig, we find answers that we didn't have before. I often say that I don't want to be a part of a church that teaches what to think. So I stand up here on a Sunday morning and say, you all need to do this, and you all need to think this, and you all need to act this way. There's some of that. But mostly, I want to be a participant in a church that encourages and shows people how to think, so that when they come to their moments of questioning and doubt and skepticism, they have resources on which to call, to work through it. So my encouragement, as I say in the title of this sermon, is don't dismiss doubt. Don't downplay it, but rather, struggle through it to the truth that God intends for us to find in that struggle. Just like Thomas, my Lord and my God. I want to tell you about a doubter that I have encountered in my ministry. His name was Wilbur Wright. Yep, Wilbur Wright. Not that Wilbur Wright, but Wilbur Wright just the same. At the time, he was a 98-year-old participant in the church I was serving, and he was an engineer by training. He was not a church member. He had attended that church with his wife, who was a member, for over six de- uh, decades and continued to participate in church life after her death. Wilbur showed up with his old beat-up white minivan to almost every study that the church had to offer. And not only did he show up, show up, but he showed up prepared like an engineer. And he asked tough questions. He didn't let us preachers and other teachers kind of just give the light answers. He forced us to dig. So after just a couple of of uh, these incidences where Wilbur showed up at a study. I said, Wilbur, why, why haven't you become a member of this church after all of these years? And he pulled the engineer thing on me. Sorry to all of the engineers out there. He said, I have too many questions and too many doubts. Things just don't line up for me the way engineers like them to line up. I have a half-empty faith. I think I giggled uproariously at that time, and I said, Wilbur, your half-full part is more than enough not only for you, but for me and for many other folks in this congregation. You see, Wilbur's questions and doubts might have kept him from becoming a member of the church, but they caused me and so many others to dig and to grow in our faith. Every now and then, for the churches that I serve, I go back and and look at their newsletters, and a few years ago, I noticed that Wilbur, at 102 or something, had joined the church, and I celebrated, grateful that he had come to that place where he could let his doubts lead him to that place of faith. Just for no particularly good reasons other than I was thinking about Wilbur this past week, I went to their website again, and I read that he had died last month at 105. Wilbur Wright, one of the great figures in my faith, as much a doubter as Thomas was. So my encouragement for you is, don't dismiss, but be directed by your doubt. Now, having doubts doesn't mean just giving up on stuff. It means leading us to the next level of digging and asking and questioning. One of my experiences that I have learned learned early on in my ministry is that there are more Wilbers and Thomases in our churches than we might imagine. I'm always honored when someone who is a stalwart in the church feels comfortable and confident enough to come and sit in my office and say, you know, pastor, that stuff you talked about last Sunday, I don't buy it. And I big old smile on my face, and I say, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. How can you make me stronger in my faith by expressing your doubts? The unless I see attitude keeps us digging and seeking and striving to find out more about what God is doing in our world and in our lives. And don't we need that kind of attitude right now? The amazing thing is that God's grace multiplies our feeble and faithful efforts, resulting in deeper stronger confessions, and stronger faith to meet the challenges of this and every age. Because I believe that a strong faith and a strong community of faith is more necessary and useful now, perhaps, than any time that we can remember. Unless I see, I will not believe. Thomas see and touch my Lord and my God. Don't dismiss doubt. Allow it to cause you to dig deeper into the faith that God has planted in you and in us together. Thanks be to God for this teaching from his holy word. Amen.